I'm excited. I almost always preach when we come back from Spice because whatever God has been speaking to me, it just amplifies and moves you to the next season. So I love it. So I planned this last week. I ran home, got it because, you know, Mr. Richards got in a fight with the projector and, um, but he's looking good. You can barely see it. Show him your face. Show him your beautiful face. Look at that. What can I do? So good looking. So, um, so, so I was like, oh, I'm going to teach this lesson. He comes back. He's like, no, I got this. I'm like, oh, but I just typed this up, and I drove home, and he's like, I got this. I'm like, okay, and I'm like, all right, Lord, you're having me prepare, you know, because this week I didn't have time to prepare. So God's like, you know, I told you prepare. You don't worry about when, okay? If I say prepare, just do it. I'll tell you when the word's coming. I'm like, all right, sorry, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I, I need to, so, but it was good because today this word is super pertinent for all of us, and it's, we're talking about walking in our calling. When people think, well, only ministers are called, or it's like, no, 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 no. Everyone is called. So we're going to talk about that. So what, you know, what are we called to do? Some of us are like, I got this. I'm on a direct line. I know what God has for me. And some of us are like, um, I love Jesus. He wants me to do something good, I think. So, um, you know, whether it's something big or small, you know, you see people, you know, go in other countries, different they're raising people from the dead, you know, limbs are growing back. I mean, you see that stuff and you're like, I said hi to the cashier, smile, <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, and so it's like, whether it's big or small, God's like, I have called everybody um, to the kingdom and the body. So it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, something different's going on. So I'm called. What just happened? You know, what is going on? Drawn by God for something more. He wants something more than what we originally maybe planned for our lives or thought. Um, something unique to you, something special. So now we're like, okay, we know we're all called. Yeah. Awesome. What do I do now? You know, so in Matthew 4:18, I'm going to talk about when Jesus um, called. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter. I never understood how they got that. That's not a real nickname. And his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. And Jesus said, come follow me and I will send you out for fit to be fishers. Let me go back. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Okay? So I'm not sure if someone showed up to my employment and says, hey, you don't know me, but come on, I've got a new plan for you. If I'd be like, how'd you get in here? You know, that would be my first thought. I work in a school, so I'd be like, who let you in here? But, you know, I'm not sure if I would be like, yeah, I just leave these nets. Let's go. All my livelihood. But they did. He said, follow me, and I'm gonna, I've got a different purpose and a different plan. I'm calling you out. I've got something for your life. And then he went to, you know, next day, the next day, Jesus went to Galilee. He found Philip and said, hey, follow me. And Philip's like, okay. Like, two words. I guess I will. All right. Follow me. All right. So Philip's with them. And in Mark, it says that he passed by. He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed him. I mean, I don't think people do that. Like, if I say that to people just out in public, they're, like, going the opposite way. Like, I don't know who you are. You want me to follow you. Never. But so 
there's all these things. Jesus was just like, hey, I'm calling you out. Come follow me. We got something different. He called them. Because, you know, there were people that followed him around that were like, I want to be called. And he's like, you're called for something else. Calling these people for this season. So you're called for the season that you're in. You're called for the life that you're in. So there's kind of this threefold nature of the calling of God in our lives. Okay, but they have to stick together, but there's kind of three parts. So you have salvation. That's kind of like the beginning. It's kind of important, you know. If you're going to follow Jesus, you should maybe know who he is. Um, Discipleship, that's that learning and growing. And then there's service and ministry. And I don't mean ministry like you have to be in the church working. But we're going to get into that a little bit. So salvation, this is the greatest. I mean, everybody likes this call. When you, you know, get called and you answer that call and he's like, hey, I'm, I've been pursuing you. I love you. Yeah. Come on. That is great. It's, it's free. Mm-hmm. It gives you rest. It's that spiritual rest that can only come through, through him. It's that insurance of eternity and peace. It's like, I'm saved. Yes. Like, my life's not mine. You don't quite understand the words that you said, you know. It says, call in the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And you're like, okay, Jesus, I want you to come in my heart. You know, no one says, that means that he's king, he's ruler, he's in charge. You let the Holy Spirit in. You share that now, you know, that body. You know, we don't say all those things. We're just like, let him into your heart. He know, he's like, because if I try to tell you all those things, your head's going to try to get wrapped around. And he's like, I just want your heart because where your heart goes, your head's going to follow. That's right. That's good. So then he's like, then he offers discipleship. That's where learning takes place and where we grow. We, re- we maintain that intimacy and grow that intimacy with our Father. You know, we need to know. You get saved and you're like, all I know is Jesus. And pe- someone's telling you about, oh, you know, Daniel's in this lion den. He shut the lion's mouth. And, you know, you know Gideon. And, and you're like, I don't know anything that you're saying you know you're like you you're just like all I did was I felt horrible my life was out and someone introduced me to this guy named Jesus you know I don't even know what he looks like or what he did they just told me he died on the cross for me and I go to heaven there that's you know some people that's extent so then they need that you need that discipleship you need to know what God's word says he's like I got everything you need to know to be successful in your life and to bring people into my kingdom So, and then the third thing is that meaningful and fulfilling work. The kind that can be accomplished through submitting to the king. To the kingdom, not a company. And I'm not saying if you're a business owner or you work for another company. No, I'm not talking like that. I'm saying we're submitting to a kingdom, not a company. Because this is going to bring legacy and purpose. It's not like... I go to work, I come home, I eat eat at 6 o'clock, I watch three of my TV shows, I go to bed, I get back up, and I do the same thing. I don't talk to anybody new. This is my routine, and if you get me off that routine, I never understood when people are like, my baby sleeps for two hours, and I get them up, and I give them a bottle, and the routine, and oh, you have, don't, don't make any noise, my baby sleeps, and I'm like, my kids never had a routine. When they were hungry, they ate. You know, when they were tired, they slept, you know, maybe they had clean clothes. You know, first time mothers know, like, whatever. If they had clothes on, yeah, usually, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, I never, I, I was like, what is this? You know, but then I saw in that, having that freedom, also let my kids, even from little, 
have freedom in Christ and God was able to do things in their life from teeny tiny. You know, they'd stop in the store and be like, hi, how are you? Or something to somebody and I'm like, oh, I'm busy, you know? And I see people that don't take their kids with them and it's like, well, they go here and I, you know, I go and do my, and I'm thinking, no, I I let God say, they're part of your life. You're going to move with them and they have the same Holy Spirit you do. There's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no baby Holy Spirit. They get saved. The Holy Spirit comes in them. They have the same power. You know, let me, let me decide what's going on. Let me direct their steps too. So that meaningful work, not that mundane, get up, go to work, come home, get up. You know, and we do have to do some of that sometimes. Some people like that. Because, you know, they can stay in that box, and it's like, well, nothing bad's going to happen if I stay in this box. Things can fall in a box. Spiders fall in boxes all the time. You go open a box you haven't been into a while. Woo, there it comes. And if you have brothers, you know what's in boxes. Snakes, mice, dead things, frogs, deer legs, body parts from animals. You don't open boxes if you have brothers keep that lid on you te- you know i would get a pre- uh, birthday present and i would be like mm, i'm not touching that my mom's like no open it i'm like i am if they wrapped it i'm not opening it <laughs> i remember they said oh you need to get the christmas stuff down for mom you know get that stuff down for mom i was i was a high school i was like okay because we had like an attic and pull down the ladder you know and i'm like why do i well you're the youngest you know we're getting too old to get up there it's small you know, it's small. I thought, something isn't right. So I pulled the ladder, and all the deer that they had got this year, all the legs came down. And ah! See, you guys see why I don't like hunting? I found those in my bed, in my drawers. Like, I mean, not, they let them dry out, like, you know, from here down. I don't know. It was, so you know that. Things can get in your back. So we need to have a meaningful purpose, whether it's something like, you know, if you're just a mom and you raise your kids, you raise the next generation. That is meaningful. You're in charge of a corporation. That is meaningful. You know, you go to work and you are the light there. That is meaningful. But we want what God wants for our life. So when we fully begin to understand God's call in our life, um, except learning and growing, walking with him, we start to be like, yeah, that is who I am. You know what? I am great at that. Thanks, God. You know, I remember, I feel like in the last five to ten years, I've really started walking into understanding the calling God has in my life. But I remember being like, 25 and 30 was like this crazy time. We're doing everything. We're working. You know, we're working with teenagers. We're going to church. We're tithing. We're giving. You know, we're like Jesus Bible God all the time. But I remember people be like, what, you know, oh, this is, I, people would say, the kids would say, I don't know what I want to do with my life when I grow up. I said, neither do I. And they're like, I'm like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And they're like, you are 30 years old, woman. And sometimes I still feel like, you know what? I don't know what I want to be because God is still revealing that call in areas of my life. And maybe what I think, you know, I'm going to be this. God's like, no, no, no. Well, now I got you dismissed. I'm going to remove you and put you over here because now I can go to the next level. God's like, I want to keep moving you into your calling. Don't stop here. 
So if you ask me what I want to do with my life, the only thing I really know is I want to preach the gospel. So totally doing that, but I want to do it more and more. I always wanted to do that, even when I was little. Even before I knew the gospel, I would just say things that <laughs> the Lord had grace with me very much when I was younger. He said, your heart is right. Your words are scary. <laughs> Good time. So that salvation stage we start in, it's great. You need to start there. It's kind of important. Okay. Um, life doesn't always tra- change instantly and drastically. It doesn't. Some people, boom, they get saved. Everything that was sin in their life or contrary to God's word falls off. And you're like, I want them. But it's like, well, they're probably going to get called to Africa and have to live in a hut. And they're going to love it. But maybe that's not your call. You know what I mean? I remember talking to the Amish. I used to do massage for them. And one of them said, well, we're just a really honest people. I said, oh, so you'll answer any questions I have. And they said, yes, we will. I'm like, ha ha, got you. Um, so then I said, well, you, you believe that you're a Christian, that Jesus died on the cross for you, and you're going to heaven, right? And you live simple, and you don't think, you don't use electricity, you don't use cars, um, and you believe that God has called you to live simple. And they said, yes. I said, well, what about me? I'm wearing pants, you know, um, my hair's cut, I don't cover my head when I pray, I pray right now, you know what I mean? And um, I said, I do all these things, but what do you think about someone who loves Jesus, you know, who knows he died on the cross the same as you, you know, has forgiveness of sin, what do you think of me? And she said, I believe you're going to heaven. I said, okay. And she said, I was called into this life, and I know how to live there. And you were called into this life, and you know how to live there. And we're both called to the Father. And I thought, that's an amazing call in her life. You know, because sometimes we look and think, well, you know, we start judging and comparing and all of that kind of stuff. So that, so we need that salvation stage, though. You know, it doesn't matter sometimes where you go from there. Some people, it's immediate and everything. But then some of us, God's like, I'm going to need a while. You know, we're going to work on this because if I try to change everything, you know, he's got to heal some things. So it doesn't always change. Sometimes we're still doing stupid. Every day. I love listening to Joyce Meyer. She's like, I taught a Bible study, and then I'd go out there in my short shorts. I'd be like smoking a cigarette, swearing and cursing. <laughs> She's like, because God had to deal with a lot of things before he got to those, and he eventually got to those. You know, but it's, it's sometimes, but it's that heart is no longer burdened. It's no longer feels that abandonment and separation from the Father. It's that salvation. It just feels good. Like you are reunited with your creator, you know, you are a new creature, and so that salvation state just feels good, God has, he hasn't even really, he doesn't have to worry about the character yet, he's not the molding and shaping and growing, he's giving you, he's just saying, I love you, you know, I'm just going to flood you with the love and the righteousness of my son, I'm going to show you how I see you, you know, through the blood, it's kind of that restfulness for your spirit, he's like, Nothing you could do. I just love you. There's nothing you can do. I just love you. That's pretty cool. Because <laughs> a lot of people don't like a lot of things about you. Or, you know, and you're like trying to get there. He's like, no, 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 I'm not worried about all that. I just love you. It's exciting. You know, the new believers are excited. They're excited about everything. They love everything because they have that flood. God's just like, whoo, 
you know, that flood of God's love and his presence that they didn't have and now they have it, that's a big deal. You know, so they're just like, I want to do everything. You know, they're front row people a lot of times. They, they're worshiping, they're praising. They want to tell everybody, they want to get everyone they know saved. You know what I mean? It's just that feel good, that excitement. They have joy. Okay, so that's where we start. That's great. I want to, st- I want to stay there. But, and then we start to grow and appreciate what a privilege it is to know Jesus personally. You start to realize, wow. He did this for me. Who he is. He sent the Holy Spirit lives in me. You start to realize how privileged you are that someone sent their child, God our Father, sent their child to the cross for us. And you're like, wow, this is favor and privilege. And I'm thankful. You start to realize that. You start to grow. You start to know him. You start, you know, through learning, being taught, you know, hearing God's word, being in his presence, worshiping. You start to know him. You know, discipling is not a I have to or I should. It's I want to. I'm hungry for it. What else? More, more, more. What else, God? What else, God? What else? If they won't take it, I'll take theirs and theirs and theirs. If, you know, if they're not using it, I'll take everybody's portion. I want more. I want to know you. I want to know what you're doing here. I want to know what you're doing there. I want to see angels. I want to see signs. I want to see wonders. I want to see miracles. I want to see people coming to know you. I want to grow in my calling. I want every spiritual gift that is available to me. I want this. I want this not just here at church. I want it in my home. You know, I want it in every area of my life. But it's not that I have to. I have to go to church. You know, I remember the have to go to church. Oh, teenagers. You know what I mean? Sometimes you've got to let them have freedom. And they say, I don't want to go. Sometimes it's like, I can't fight with them. Because guess what? I'm not there with them on judgment day. My job is just to continually plant seeds. Mm-hmm. But I remember those. And my mom would like, we went to Catholic church. You don't come in late. You come in late. You, you know, you got to walk down. It's all quiet. <laughs> and the aisle is probably twice as long as this building, this room. And you're just like, and if you're a good Catholic family, you don't sit in the back. There is no back row. People. <laughs> so, you, you know, all of us, there's like eight of us that my brother was already gone by then. My mom's just like, get up there. And you're like, oh, everybody's staring at me as you're walking down this like long aisle. You know, I'm like, I feel like it's like, what is that? What do they call it? Like in death row, the last mile. (laughs) Everybody's looking at you and there's no, you know, there's no dimmed lights. All the lights are up. And, you know, so I just remember that and was like, I have to go to church. I remember I, there's this picture because, you know, I was such, a sweet, kind little child. There was no rebellion in me. But my mom was the teacher for um, for communion class. So in second grade, so I was like eight years old, you took first communion where you learned about the body and blood of Christ, and then you had to like wear like white dresses, and the boys all had to, you know, it was really pretty, you know. And so, of course, my mom, so then, of course, you know, she's like, do this, and then I would, you know. So everybody, there's like 10 of us in this class, okay? And my mom, I should have brought the picture to put up there. That would have been hilarious. But, so everybody's like this. 
with their little veils and, you know, and I'm going, oh, <laughs> you've seen the picture. And because I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I did, you know, there was parts of it I really wanted, but I didn't really know Jesus. I just knew I have to do a rosary. Do you know how long a rosary feels when you are eight years old? It's a long time. It's a really long time, okay? <laughs> like really long. And there's only one bathroom in the whole church. You know, you couldn't hide. And I couldn't hide because my mom taught me to be involved, so she was involved. So I was never like, ha-ha, mom, drop me off and do what I want. My mom was always there, always there. Turn around, I think, oh, my mom's not watching. Here she is in the balcony. I'm like, I'm in trouble. I got to be able to run faster than my mom can get down those stairs. Because the stairs were, they came right down by the door. So I'd be like, I'm at the front. She's at the stairs. Who can make it to the stairs? Lots of times running away into the cemetery. I didn't know where else to go. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's not that have to. I don't want to have to. You guys don't want to have to. It's that want to. So we start to grow and appreciate what a privilege we have, you know. Um, and <clears throat> only when we've gotten to know Jesus and seen the heart of Father do we understand God's player, plan for our service and ministry in our life. And that's the next thing we kind of go into um, it involves being part of the kingdom, serving in some area of your life. You know, we're part of a body. We have a king. It's not a democracy. It's not. We live in a democracy in America, but we, we also live in the kingdom. Yeah. It's not a democracy. He's the king. Yeah. He's in charge. Yeah. We're sold out to him. We're submitted. We're in love with the king in his kingdom, and we want to see his kingdom prosper. So when he's like, this is what I want to do in my kingdom, we're like, yes! We're not like, is there health insurance in that? Because <laughs> I think I'm worth more. Like, what do I get paid? No, we're just like, you're telling me to go there? You got a table set for me. You are ready. Let's do it. I don't understand how I'm going to get here to there, you know, but your kingdom, definitely, I got this. So no matter how much we might want to, we can't divide that calling. Like, oh, I'm saved. I want to live there. You know, this feels good. Oh, I just want to keep growing. You know, I don't ever want to do anything, but I just want to know everything. It doesn't, we can't really divide it into smaller parts. It's just moving into those new areas. Um, salvation is my life's not my own. It's Jesus. He took it, gave it to the Father. Um, his ways are higher, better. He's going to direct my spe- steps. I'm going to be Holy Spirit-led. Because you can be Spirit-led. And it might... You want to make sure the Holy is before that. Okay? Make sure that... Get that down if you're, if you're taking notes. Don't just be like, I'm Spirit-led. I'm like, yes, you are. No. Holy Spirit-led is important. That's an important part. Okay? So if you're a note-taker, it's important to be Holy Spirit-led. So we can't stay in that salvation and keep trying to rewrap the gift and unwrap it, rewrap the gift. He's like, it's a one-time gift. It doesn't go away. It doesn't expire. There's, you know, it doesn't um, wane. It doesn't run out. Thank you. You know, it, 
you can't just keep trying to rewrap it and live there, okay? It's a one-time gift. You don't lose it. It doesn't get lost. It's kind of like those key things. You beep it, and it's like, oh, there it is, you know? Always there. You can find it all the time. So we can't just live there. Like, it feels good, but eventually it's like, this feels great, but now people are doing other things, and I'm still here going, you know? So we got to move on. We can't stay there. We have to move into that discipleship learning, which leads to service and ministry in our life. And again, I want to remind you guys that when I say ministry, because I know that sometimes people are like, I just want to get you in the church, get you serving, and I want you to follow my vision. And God's like, I called them there to be part of the body, but I have an amazing vision for them, so shut your mouth. Because some people are, de- some people are called to work in a church building, a church body, like, I mean, body like this. And then some people are just called to be part of the body, and it's in their jobs. God's like, I gave them, you know, what if God gave you, like, a precise hand, and you're a surgeon? So should you just stop being a servant, a surgeon, and just come set up chairs? No, there's nothing wrong with setting up chairs. But God called you to be a surgeon. He gave you that gift of your hands to be able to work. He gave you that mind. So, but that's what I'm talking about, service and ministry. How do you honor God in that? How do you use that calling? Okay, and so that's in your church, your jobs, your family, your school. Our goal is not to bring everyone in and make the church a little world. We have our own stores. We have our own, you know, restaurants, you know. And let's just all be in this world until Jesus comes back. I can't handle that. You know, we're all too nice to each other. We don't get too real, you know. How are you today? I'm good. How are you today? It's good. Oh, my gosh. You can't be like, well, that person is driving me nuts. Yeah. I love them, but... If you are married, have an amen. amen. You come home. When you, if you are married and you know your husband wants to help you out and you say, hey, clean the living room, you know that if you did not put an entire step-by-step on how to clean that living room, you're going to come home and they're going to be like, look what I did. And you're going to be like, ah. Well, I, yeah. You're like, what did you do? Well, I vacuumed, but then I saw this, and I pulled these out, and I thought, I need to look through these. It's like the if you give a mouse a cookie, you know? And they're like, look what I did. And you're like, oh, great. You know, it's, oh. So wherever you are is where your ministry, not talking about you. I am talking about you. <laughs> but I have learned that. Guess what? God gave me wisdom to say, you make a list for him because he really wants, my husband wants to bless me. Because he loves me, and so he knows acts of service and words are, or acts of service and time are extremely important to me. And they kind of go together because, you know, if, if it takes me time to clean the house, you just took my time. So the Lord kind of gave me wisdom and said, you need to write a list and, that he can see because, he, you know, he's busy too and his mind is doing something else. And so you can't be mad at him. And I'm like, but I want to be mad at him because he didn't do what I thought he didn't do what I was thinking and never said (laughs) right so these things cannot be separated it's in it needs to be together to have fullness in our purpose they're all intricately 
intertwined. They depend on each other. You need salvation to really understand how to grow, to understand what God is saying to you. You need the Holy Spirit. You know? And you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. So they all go together. We exist to have relationship with God, to bring him glory, to share the gospel with people. We do that. The more we do that, we constant, cons- constantly become more Christ-like when we're doing that. You know, we can't stop at salvation and just say, well, I go to church, and, you know, when it's convenient. I talk to people when it's convenient. I got my insurance policy. It says, in case of fire, right on top. That was a good one, you guys. <laughs> Thought about that. Not one person left. You guys hurt my feelings. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> you know? Okay. You know, we can't just disconnect and be like, oh, got this policy. Do whatever I want, live whatever I want, on my way to heaven. Yeah. Got it. I'm going to sit here and just fill a seat. And if people say, I'll be like, well, you know, I know Jesus. Yeah. You know? Great. What is he saying to you now? Yeah. Don't lose that fire inside you when you first got saved and you're like, this is amazing. Don't be aware there's no staying power in your life. I just get offended at everything. I got offended because, you know what, I don't like this church because you're in a school and there's pictures on the wall. You know? Well, I don't believe the world's that that old and they have a thing that says it's all this year, so I'm just not going there anymore. She wore pants. And they were jeans. Actually, they're jaggings, so I would have won. <laughs> Even worse. Oh, my gosh, you know, can't believe that. Let's get offended. No staying power. I see people, and they're like, oh, they're just so sweet. And I'm like, you know, they've been at, like, 15 churches in the last, like, two years. Something doesn't fit. God's like, I'm trying to put you in a family because I want you to partner your gifts with other people. And sometimes God does move you, so don't be like, you know what I mean? But when God says stay, you better stay, or you're going to be going around a mountain. And, you know, mountains are pretty big. And if you have to go around that 40 times, it's a long, long time. We don't want to lose that staying power. You don't want to be never giving anything of your life, just existing. Have you guys met people who are just existing? It is hard to be around them. You're like, shell, I'm like, I cannot talk to you. There's yeah. like, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. It's good. It's good. It's good. That's it. Yeah. It's, you can do that a couple times. And after that, you're like, I've got to ask something else. Yeah. I'm just, I don't even care if it's like your favorite color. Do you like to wear heels? I know you do, Ray, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I need to ask something. There needs to be, what do you want to do? What did you do when you were young? What are you doing now? Yeah. I need something. We want to know, we can't just want to know everything. Yeah. You know, there's people that just, they, they know everything about the Bible. They're very theological. Yeah. But they don't do anything. Yeah. There's no action. Just sucking the life out of the, us to benefit themselves. <laughs> you know? Mine, 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 You know? And you're, you know, they suck the life out 
so that, you know, to ease their conscience. Well, I know about the Lord. Well, I know this. I can out-talk you. Well, you know what? I don't need you to out-know the Bible because, you know, when God says, bam, this is happening in my life, he's going to make it happen whether I know every story or not. You know, I don't need to just know everything. Yeah. A lot of people like to stay in there because then they can just overtalk you. Yeah. And you're like, if someone does that to me, I'm like, let's go. I'll make things up to keep going. <laughs> you are never going to outtalk me. <laughs> I will follow you home. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't have that problem. All right. It's like their own comfort. Like, at least I got what I need. What about the person sitting next to you that God said, well, I gave you that gift because they need something from you. That's your service. We all know John, he had to leave. But, you know, if you don't get a hug from John Batten, you're like, something's wrong with him. You know, like that is, you know, when he's here, you're like, I know John's here. And, and if he sees you after, like if you walk past him, he's like, I forgot to give you a hug. He's like Elf off the movie Elf. He's like, oh, I didn't give you a hug, you know. That you notice when he's not here because, you know, and he works, so sometimes he's not, and, and that's okay, but you notice because he has yeah. something to give, yeah. Yeah. like you, and each of us do. Yeah. So sometimes when we go, it's not for, just for you. Yeah. It's great. I hope you always get something out of what God is doing and saying, and, but sometimes you are there because God's like, I put you for them, yeah. and that's everybody sitting here. You should receive, and you should be giving. That's a great word. Because I don't want to just survive until I get to, to heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be just living to get to heaven. Yeah. No, he said, kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there, mm-hmm. he wants that here yep. for us. He wants us to have joy and peace and love and amazing families. He wants us to grow. He wants to walk in righteousness and power. And God has indeed called every single person. Some people don't know it yet. Some people are still figuring that out. Some people are running from it. (laughs) And God's like, I'm faster. I created legs. (laughs) (laughs) You think you're going to, Sierra, you're fast, but God can still, yeah. She's breaking records. That girl, God has given her the gift to move, and it's awesome. If you haven't seen her run, it's like, how do you breathe? <laughs> I told her I'd ride a bike with her because there's no way I can keep up that. But, you know, it doesn't matter. God's like every single person. He's called different places, different measures. If you've got a little bit right now, great. Do something with that little bit. God's saying, but you know what I really want for you? You brought one person to the Lord, but you don't know if you keep walking and growing in this. There's thousands I have waiting. They're waiting for you. Some of them haven't even been born yet, and they're waiting for you. Because I gave you that gift, and you're going to go, and you're going to speak the gospel to them. Yeah. Your calling didn't begin the day you decided and finally said, Fine, Lord. You know, because I don't know if you guys are like me, that that's kind of how I sometimes get with him. Like, oh, leave me alone. And he's like, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, what? <laughs> Trying to ignore you. You know, because it's not when you finally submit and say, okay, I know I'm called. Mm-hmm. Just when you really, it, it, 
started the day you came into the kingdom, yeah. even before. His, his side of it came in before you came to the kingdom. Your, your journey started with him the day you became a new creature and you, through Christ. Through discipleship, you now discovered and opened up parts of your purpose. You're like, oh, I love this. I love teaching this. I love singing. I love working with people. You start to realize it. Now it's pursuit time. Don't leave it to somebody else. This is your time to pursue the calling God has placed on your life. It's your time. Salvation, discipleship, service, ministry. They go together and you're going to start moving and your process looks different than mine. And that's okay. Because you are different and I am so glad because anything I lack I know that God has placed in the body and I'm going to be like, help me, help me, help me. You know, I know that like, I don't know where this is in the Bible. I'm going to go to Matt. He's got like this mind that's like, you know, and I know Wayne and you have that type of mind too where it's like, you just know where it is. You know, if I want someone to be no diligently, they're praying over me, I'm going to go to another because I always know that they, they are always like praying for this, I spoke of that person. You know, there's different people. If I want someone just to love me and make me feel like I'm part. I'm going to go to my neighbor's house because they've always, <laughs> they've been good. You know, and all of you have different things that I like suck out of you and hopefully I give you something back so I don't dry you out. But, um, you know, like, I'm like, give me some of that. You know? Give me, give me, give me. That's what we need. Your process looks different, but start chasing your calling. And if you're not sure what it is, go to God. He's going to keep growing with you. Go to your, go to your family. And sometimes, I, you know, I'm like, you are doing this. Encourage them. If God's put something, I, I remember a couple weeks ago, you said, I got a word for someone. I said, well, why would you keep that from them? You give that to them. So when God's like, I want you to share that with them. I want you to tell them they're amazing or whatever it is. And like, because that's your job. That's part of your calling. So, well, let's just pray. This is going to be good.